Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Scripture reading this afternoon is from James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, from the New King James Version. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I hope something that I've said this weekend has been helpful to you in at least some sense. Again, if, I, if I've talked about something or I missed something that you have more questions on, or if I can help you in any way, shape, or form uh, in your Christian walk and, or in lifting up your faith, or if you just get a speeding ticket, you know, I'll try to help you out as much as I can. Uh, I know some people <laughs> with those speeding tickets. I've had a preacher or two call me and say they got stopped, uh, stopped on the highway and asking if I could help them out. We had one get pulled over in our parking lot. That was, I got him out of that one, but uh, if I can help you in any way, shape, or form, you let me know. I'll be more than happy to give you my phone number, my email, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want. Uh, I will do it and try to help you out. Um, I must tell you, the singing here is unreal. Yeah, one, of the, one of the reasons I'm so excited about going to heaven is because the singing is going to be there. And just if, for me, just... Just being here with this singing here, if that's just a taste of what we get, that's going to be um, that's going to be wild when we get up there. You know, the kids, it's going to be lit. You know what I mean? That's that's about as hip as I can be. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> uh, when I worked at the high school back in 2015, again, about 2,500 kids at the high school. And one of the things that I used to do is I go, um, I just bebop into classes and um, go into the gym classes, you know, pump a little iron with the kids, show them I still got it. And I'd always go into the coach's uh, office, take me a little break, pull up a little YouTube, watch some funny videos, and I'd always eat a peanut butter sandwich. And I would, I would do that every single day. And you know what happens when you start eating around teenagers? They want some. Well, this little kid always came in, a little freshman kid, he'd always come in. And every single day, without, without fail, he would always come into the office and he'd say, Officer Z, can I get a sandwich? I'm like, no, beat it. You know, and I'd go back to watching YouTube. And he's like, my pet, my, I don't get breakfast at home. And I'm like, tell your family, Officer Z said, you need some breakfast. Beat it. And so every day for about three weeks, he would come in there and he'd ask, for, ask me for a peanut butter sandwich. And I'd always tell him the same thing. I was like, no, you're not getting a peanut butter sandwich. Beat it. Well, a few weeks after this, he finally stopped coming. And I get called to the principal's office one day, and he's in there. And the uh, principal's talking to me about him, and he says, Hey, look, this kid said something about his home life that I, that I think we have to report. And so I talk to the little kid, and he tells me, he's like, um, when, when I get home, my room is the storage uh, unit that is attached to the carport. And he said, I, well, I don't have any air conditioning in in my room. When I go home, my parents lock me in there with a lock on the outside. He said, they only open it up at night to give me a small meal, and that's all I get to eat. And 
he um, goes on to tell me, he's like, I, don't ha- I have like a little makeshift army cot. I don't know if y'all have ever slept on those army cots. Yeah, but he's like, I've got one of those, and I literally have a bucket for my bathroom. And I was like, man. And I was like, oh, why didn't you tell me? He's like, I tried. I was like, ooh. Let me tell you, I felt about that big when he told me that. Join with me in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, we're going to do a little bit of reading. We're going to read the first eight verses of uh, Acts chapter 3. It said, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as John did. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his, his attention expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I must tell you, this was one of these scriptures I instantly thought of when I found out that I had the opportunity to help someone and failed. It was a young, young, very impressionable kid. I had the opportunity to make a difference in this young man's life, but I was more concerned about watching YouTube and eating a sandwich than feeding him. I never saw that kid again. Defects came and took him away. Never heard from him again. I don't know what happened to him. But the only thing that I can think of is I was so concerned about watching some video that I don't even remember on my cell phone and eating and filling myself up that I ignored him. I had an opportunity to make a strong relationship with him, have an impact in his life. Further the cause of Christ, I failed That eats me alive every single day. But it was that moment I changed. Never again was some kid going to come to me and go, I'm hungry, and I wasn't going to find them some food. I completely changed my outlook on on how I operated in school. I found out the way to a pathway to a young person's heart was not through their brain, it was through their stomach. And, And from that day on, I would feed kids at that high school. They would come up and have like a, you know, they'd have these, this breakfast cart that would go around. I'd go up and I'd buy a whole bunch of the, the food they would have. I'd just go into a random classroom and next thing you know, the entire classroom had food. I about went broke doing this. <laughs> yeah, but it ate me up. And you think about the, the man sitting at the gate called Beautiful. He's sitting there and he's, he's wanting from John and Peter. And you think, how many times do we miss that guy in our walk. Because we're sitting around walking with our phone, buried, our face just buried in our phone. So many people, so many golden opportunities that you and me miss because our face is just so stuck in our phone. I had the opportunity of a lifetime to make a huge impression on this young man's face. And I failed. If you look over at Matthew 25 and 42, through 46. These verses in my Christian walk 
haunt me. Those are the verses where Jesus talks about those who saw me hungry and you didn't feed me. You saw me thirst and you didn't give me drink. You saw me in prison and you didn't come visit me. Every time I read those verses, that's who I go back to. Because I know that was me. I'm that guy. I saw someone hungry. A young person, a very impressionable person. I saw him hungry. And I told him to beat it. Those verses completely haunt me. I had the opportunity to go to, um, when I was speaking at Polish in the Pulpit a few years ago, I went, went out to lunch with one of my favorite preachers, and you know, we, ha- we, we were going to go have lunch, and he bought my food. And it might be a small gesture for, for most people. And I had money to buy, buy my own food. He didn't have to buy my own food. But you know, why would he buy my food? Well, it's because, for starters, he loves me, and he wants to show me that God loves me also. If you want to filter the devil out of your life, you have to take every single opportunity you have to put your cell phone down and make strong relationships with people. Personal relationships are so vital to the church. You know why people will come to you with their problems? Because they believe you can help them because you have already built a relationship with them. Put down your phone and start making personal, real relationships with people. It goes deeper than liking their photo on Instagram. Giving them a like on something that they post on Facebook. You know, retweeting something. That means absolutely nothing. It means nothing. Your one-on-one relationship that you have with your friends, that you have with your family, means everything. Because you have that opportunity to serve them and to show them the love of Christ. But you can't do that if, you're, if you will not get that phone out of your face. And it's difficult. I know it is, is so difficult to put the phone down because everything about the phone and its design, it is literally designed to keep you there. You know, the infinite scrolling that everybody has, the satisfaction you get when somebody hits that little heart button or the thumbs up button, they're designed to keep you there. You have to fight that and put it down. I want to talk about building relationships, especially in the church. Because this is so difficult in our age of technology. Here's what we're going to do. You might be a younger person. I want you to adopt an older member of this congregation. Go ahead and go pick out the coolest one before everybody gets her. Right? I'm kidding. You're going to go pick them out. You're going to go pick it. You're going to go adopt an older person. And here's what you're going to do. I don't know if y'all know this. A lot of older people do not like mowing the grass. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to adopt your older person and say, hey, can I come to your house and mow your grass? And I'm going to do it for free. I don't want you to pay me. I want to come over there and I want to mow your grass. I remember this relationship I had with my grandfather because he's the one that taught me how to mow grass. Now, my grandfather was cool. He was one of the, I adopted my grandfather. I had dibs on him. But my grandfather had a really, really large piece of property. It was a big open field. So he had a zero-turn lawnmower. I don't know if y'all have ever ridden on one of those. They got two speeds, turtle and rabbit. <laughs> he said, you don't worry about that turtle speed. You put that thing on rabbit and let it go. And he said, I'll show you how you do this. So this old man, he's about 85 years old. He sits down, puts the lever down, smacks that thing into rabbit, and he goes. And he just punches that thing right out into the middle of the field. 
my grandfather was out in the middle of that field doing donuts. And I was like, this is sweet. And he, he showed me how to do donuts on a zero-turn lawnmower. You put that thing on rabbit, push one forward, pull the other one back, and whew, there you go. You know, build relationships like that with somebody in the church. You find, you find an older person and tell them you want to mow their grass. If you really want to get good at it, you get one of those old-school mowers that doesn't have the assisted forward. That, that'll, if that doesn't show love for the older person, I don't know what will. You get a good workout. Now, maybe... Maybe they don't have, maybe they live in a townhome. You say, here's what I'd like to do for you. I want to go pick up your groceries from, from Kroger or Walmart, wherever you have it, right? You don't need to go, you don't need to go out there and do it. I, I'm going to come do it for you. Maybe they do the little click list thing. Say, I'm going to go get your groceries. I'm going to come home. I'm going to put them up for you. What are you showing them that you love them? You want to build that relationship. We talked about there being this disconnect with in the church between uh, you know, some of us older people and the younger generation because we don't get it and they don't get it. Right? They grew up on an age of technology where we didn't. We have to bridge that gap. Right? So maybe we're going to mow, we're gonna mow some, some of our older members' grass. Maybe we're going to go pick up their groceries. Maybe we're just going to take their car to a car wash. You know, Go clean their car up for them. Hey, let me vacuum out your car. Let me, let me get, get some of that good old detailing. I have your ride looking nice by the time I get done with it. Spend a few hours cleaning up an older person's car. Right? Get all that trash out of their car. Old people hate trash. You know, get all, get all that stuff out of there. Maybe, now just maybe, we're going to pick out an older person and we're just going to go over to their house and spend time with them. I know. Calm down. You know? Everybody in their life needs a Mr. Eddie. Mr. Eddie is a guy that goes to church with me uh, back home. And I used to go over to his house all the time when I was working. Because Mr. Eddie was retired, his wife still worked, and he was just there at the house. So what we would do is I'd just go to his house for about 30, 45 minutes. He'd, he'd offer me a Coke, and we'd just sit there in his living room, and we'd talk Bible stuff. And most of the time it was just him talking. I was just absorbing it all in. You know, I might have a question. You know, I'd try to hit him with some doozies, see if I could throw him for a loop. How about Mr. Eddie? You think Jephthah really sacrificed his daughter? He's like, let me tell you what I think about that. And I just sit back and let him go. And yeah, he, he loved talking because he didn't really get a whole lot of visitors. We had an older lady named Miss Carolyn. She passed away some years ago. And me and my family would go sit at uh, her apartment. We'd go talk with her. She didn't get a whole lot of visitors. But let me tell you how, how lit up her face would get when I'd walk through the door with three little rugrats. You know, we'd just sit there and learn about her life. I had some of the stuff she talked about, I had no idea. I just thought she was like the sweet old lady at church. She had been through some times, y'all, and I learned all about it. Just listen to her tell me how she overcame some of her struggles, how when nobody else was there, she knew God was, and that's how she came through all of it. It was so encouraging. Adopt an older person, and one day a week, maybe one day a week, you go over to their house, and you just spend some time with them. Just, what was it like growing up? You know, what did, what did y'all used to do for fun? I know older people. You're going to adopt a younger person. That's going to be your person. Here's what you're going to do. Maybe that younger person doesn't know how to mow grass. You get to teach them. Teach them how to, you know, crank that lawnmower 
or you know how if you might have one of those fancy new electric ones you know just how to plug in the battery and you just get to walk behind it and all that fun stuff maybe you're one of those cool grandparents you got that zero turn lawnmower show them how to put that thing on rabbit speed and do donuts the influence you would have on a younger person letting them do something like that is unreal if they don't want to do it you call me i will make the 400 mile drive to come back and do it for you because that is fun you know maybe you're going to adopt a younger person and we're going to do this I'm going to have two or three young people over for my house, to my house, and I'm going to teach y'all how to bake bread. Or we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to cook this type of meal. I know some of y'all can cook. I've tasted it. And that stuff is like, slap your mama good. If y'all want to be a good catch for a future wife or a husband, one thing you need to know is how to cook. And there are plenty of people here who can show you how. Cooking is almost a lost art. You know, but you get that one-on-one relation. I'm going to show you how to knead the dough. We had a lady when we went to um, Nicaragua. We said, hey, can you teach us how to make tortillas? I was like, I don't know how to make tortillas. And he's like, she's like, sure, I will show you how. So, uh, you know, ten gringos hanging out in this lady's house. And she's like, all I need is corn flour and water. And our translator's grandmother showed us how to make tortillas. Corn flour and water. That was the coolest thing in the world, just watching, her, watching a bunch of teenagers get so interested in just learning how to make a basic tortilla. And she even cooked it for us, and we got to take them home, or take them back to everybody, and everybody's like, these are legit, authentic tortillas. Yeah, we were, they were so excited about just learning how to make tortillas. You know, it made such an impact on our group. Maybe, maybe you're going to adopt somebody and go, hey, I'm going to teach you how to change the oil in your car. My parents never taught me that. My dad had the philosophy, take it to the shop. <laughs> my dad was not trying to get dirty for nothing. But I had a Mr. Eddie in my life. And I said, Mr. Eddie, can you teach me how to change the oil in my car? He said, absolutely. Bring it over here. We'll jack it up. We'll, we'll square it away. And all we, he just taught me how to change oil. But I was building a relationship with this man. And I'll tell you, it makes such a difference in their life. And it will change yours too. Just build these strong relationships with, with, with some of these people. Maybe you need to learn how to fix things. You want to be a good catch, husband or wife, know how to fix some stuff. The toilet breaks, you know how to fix it. My dad showed me how, you know. I wasn't trying to call a plumber. You know, if, if your air conditioning goes out, Mr. Eddie taught me how to fix some of it. My, my dad now, he, he works on air conditioners. So I've got somebody to call who can, we can spend some one-on-one time learning how to fix stuff. Maybe just, you know, using, learning how to use power tools. That can be really fun, right? Just figure out something that you can do with a young person. Just so you can build that relationship with them. Because when times get tough, they need to know that they can come to you. Right? That's what we need to do in the church. Y'all might already do that. I don't know. I hope you do. And if you don't, I hope you start. Y'all are going to adopt a young person. All right, we're going to get really crazy. Maybe the person you adopt, right? If you adopt one of these cool kids over here, you know, go sit right in the middle of them. This is where the cool kids sit. That's where we're going to sit, right? How crazy would that be? Glenn Colley comes in. Everybody's sitting over here. <laughs> you know, like, What's going on? You know? Well, we're going to try. We're building these relationships. Nothing I have said about what y'all are going to do involves a cell phone. No cell phones allowed. You're going to put it down, you're going to have one-on-one conversation with these people. Right? We're going to build these solid relationships because that's who we need when life comes and kicks us in the knee. We need you. 
we need y'all. We don't get it. And they don't get it. We need these strong relationships to happen. I was watching an interview a few months ago. Uh, my brother James Watkins. Most of y'all, most of y'all are probably familiar with, with Brother Watkins. Really, really famous preacher in the Brotherhood. And it was, he was being interviewed by Paul Sane. And it was, it was posted right after... Right at, uh, it was, the interview was done a few months before he passed away. And Paul Sane was giving him this book of all the poetry that he had written. He said, man, that's, that's super... That's, that's great. You know, because he's, he's... And he said something that struck me. He said... When my, since my health has been going downhill, I have felt useless for the Lord because I haven't been able to work. And for me, that took me back. I've watched Brother Watkins for years. And I was like, this man is a mountain of a man in the faith. And I was like, and I just, it, was, it was just mind-boggling to me that someone that profound, that, that strong in his faith could say something like, I felt useless. You know, brother Don Blackwell, I know, you know, might be, might be familiar with him. He did a lesson that polished in the pulpit a few years ago after he got into his four-wheeler accident. He was riding his four-wheeler with his wife, Sherry. They got into an accident, and he became uh, paralyzed from the waist down. And brother Don Blackwell, I've been listening to him for years. You know, he, he is a mountain in my spiritual life. He is just a, you know, just a colossal figure. And to hear him preach the sermon, the frailty of life, if you have never heard that, go on to YouTube, not right now, when you get home, you type in Don Blackwell, The Frailty of Life. I was there when he preached it the first time. I cried my eyes out. That is a powerful lesson about how he went from being, you know, he was just so content with you know, where he was in life. Everything was going great. And then he can't use his legs anymore. And the battles that he went through going from someone who could walk to someone who couldn't walk. And all the struggles that he went through. And you know what gave him encouragement? Christians. Christians from all over the world were sending them cards. He got so many cards at the hospital, they thought he was a celebrity. They were all over the room. You see pictures of it. They, they came in and go, are you some type of celebrity we don't know about? Because he's got all these cards. He said, no, I'm just a Christian. But it were all these Christians who were giving him hope. And I think, I think about these things. You know, I think about, you know, I don't know what was going on in my Brother Watkins' life or in Brother Blackwell's life, but I think about that. You know, what if there is somebody at, at our congregation who because of their life circumstances, because they're, they're sick or they're getting older, they might be too young, that they feel useless for the Lord? What if we could make some profound impact on their life just by being involved with them? First Peter 4 eight says, Above all, keeping love... Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. John thirteen thirty four says, The new commandments I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Galatians 6, 2 says, Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the love of Christ. You have, it is overabundant in Scripture that you have to build these relationships with people. You have to love people. Personal relationships with the church, you have to have them. I want to encourage you if you, are, if you are not trying to build these relationships with people who are around you, with the younger people, with the older people, whoever it is, you have got to start today. And especially if you're not building those relationships in your own family. 
Uh, we've talked a little bit about this weekend. The devil has not slowed down in attacking our family. He wants them as young as he can get them, you know, as old as he can get them, and anything he can use to pull you away from God, he's going to use it. Nothing is off limits to him. The devil just loves it when you and I get to sit around with our family at the dinner table and everybody's got their phone out. And the devil just loves that. Instead of spending quality time with our family, getting to know them, what's going on in their life, what struggles are they facing right now, the devil just loves it when we completely ignore them and just play on our phone, play some game or, you know, watching watching YouTube or whatever it is that we're doing, any distraction that can pull our families apart, the devil is going to use it. That's why building up relationships within your family, within the church, it is so vital. It is so vital, y'all, because you have one asset in this life, your most valuable asset you have in this life. It's time, and you don't know how much you have. I mean, I've talked to so many people, so many people over the years, when tragedy comes, you know, whether it's a, a death, you know, you know, an accident or something, you know, something happened where you get into a, you know, Brother Blackwell, he got into an accident, lost the use of his legs. You know what he wishes he had? More time. More time with his legs. You know, I go to houses where someone has, you know, uh, ended their own life on their own circumstances. You know what the family always wishes for? Time. I wish I had more time. I'm a big photo guy with our family. Everywhere we go, I'm always taking photos, right? Trying to just take as many photos and videos as I can because I want to remember these days. We came here six years ago and Mason was in diapers. You know, I can tell you now, he's half my height. But we pulled up on Google. Google does all our photos. And Google will send me memories. And it, it brings back, you know, you remember this, these memories. I would give anything to go back to those days where my kids were little. And I wonder how much time I wasted, how many golden opportunities I missed with them because I was too busy playing on my phone. You don't have a lot of time. You are not promised one more minute on this earth. But for the most part, we walk around like we have eternity. You don't know how much time you get I went to that accident I told you about this morning. His kid was 19 years old, and he passed away. I've worked accidents uh, as with little bitty ones. There's a family that um, y'all may have saw on Facebook um, on the, it was in Killen, Georgia, or Killen, Alabama. Family was involved in a horrific car accident, and their young infant son ended up passing away at the hospital. And all three kids um, spent a long time in the ICU. You ask that mama right now what she wants. I guarantee you she will say more time. You have no idea how much time you have left. You cannot spend so much time wasting just playing on your phone, looking at funny cat videos. There are people out here who are suffering. There are people out there who are laying at that gate wanting you to come by and lift them up and give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will miss them if all you do is walk around with your phone in your face. And our family, you're going to bring back family Bible time. Maybe family dinner time. We're not going to sit in front of a screen anymore. We're going to go back to the old school ways of sitting at a dinner table. And we're going to learn about each other. You know, if you've never done that, it might be a little awkward the first time. Right? 
You got to sit down. All right, we're going to put all our phones up. I saw something once where a group of teenagers went out and they all stacked their phones up on the table. They said, first person to grab their phone buys. I like that. I'm cheap. I'm, I am never picking up that phone. I was like, that's great. Y'all may, y'all may try that. About family game nights. You want to learn something about your kids? Play Uno. <laughs> My kids are cheaters. <laughs> you know? Uh, so we, we, we start playing Uno with them. They just make up their own rules. You know? I'm like, no, it's got to be the same color or same number. Not, not when I play. Nah. I'm a bunch of cheaters. Yeah? Maybe you guys go buy some Uno cards and you go adopt an older member and you, show them, you teach them how to play Uno and then watch them school you. Right? Bring back some family game night with your, with your family. You know, we got, uh, now they have this, um, we used to play Jenga. They have got those big Jenga blocks. I don't know if you've ever tried to play your big Jenga with a six-year-old. So we normally, you get it all built up, and here comes a little terrorist, and just pow, just knocks the whole thing over. He thinks it's hysterical. You know, like, that's not how you play Jenga. That's how I play Jenga. So that's how we're going to play. Right? Go, maybe go on family walks together. One of my favorite things to do when I'm off is go on a walk with my wife. We, we have a three-mile trail um, in Richmond Hill. It goes through the swamp. And my wife, hillbilly, she loves finding alligators. I don't know. She loves an alligator. And, you know, we see a bunch of little turtles. And, you know, we got, we got snakes in Georgia. I don't know if y'all have snakes in Alabama. We got some big snakes in Georgia. So we try to go find as much stuff as we can. And she gets so excited when she sees an alligator. You know, she's like, we've seen a million alligators. But every time, she gets so excited when she sees an alligator. You know, just stuff like that, just to reconnect with your family. We don't have our cell phones out when we go walking. We don't do it. I mean, it's just me, her, and the gators. You know? And that's what we try to do, just just so we can reconnect. God entrusted you with your family. You, you will give an account for how you went along this life with your family. You only have so much time with these young people. You only have so much time left with the older people. One day they're not going to be here anymore. What are you going to do with the time that you've been given? Are you going to spend it watching YouTube or are you going to spend it furthering God's kingdom? You have the time now to make a huge impact on somebody's life just by even saying kind words to them. You know, I think about uh, when um, Paul and Silas were in prison and the earthquake happens and uh, the jailer comes out there and he's, you know, he comes out there and thinks everybody's, everybody's gone. So he pulls out his sword and he's about to, he's about to uh, kill himself and you remember, all sides yell out, they go, do yourself no harm, for we're all here. Uh, you know what saved that man's life? There's a couple kind of words from a Christian. You have that ability right now, because you have the time right now to make that difference. You have been, you have been given an amount of time by God. And the question is, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to pass by somebody who, who needs your help? Or are you just going to sit there and play on your cell phone all day? So the question is, what are you going to do right now? Maybe you've been walking through this life and you've been wasting time. Maybe you've been led astray a little bit. Maybe you've realized that I need to get some stuff right. 
I've been, I've been ignoring my family too long. I've been ignoring people for too long. I've passed by that guy at the gate, and I didn't help him. I saw that young man giving him, wanting food, and I ignored it, told him to beat it. And you may realize, like I did, that was a failure on my part. You don't want to do that anymore. Maybe you want to change your life, and you want to get right with God today. Maybe you've never heard of this whole church thing. You might be a visitor here. You might want to, you want to know something about this whole Christianity thing. You've seen some stuff on YouTube, but you want to know what, what it said in the black, white, and red about Jesus and his church. If we can help you in any way, shape, or form, maybe you just want prayers. Uh, maybe you have something going on in your life that, you know, you want the prayers of the church for. There are elders and deacons here who would love to pray with you. If there is anything we can help you with in your, in your Christian wall, we bid you come forward as we stand and sing the invitation song. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.